Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. I am one of your co-hosts, Rob Clark, and our other co-host, Ed Katz, is on the line. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you Man, today, doing, Robert Clark? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, so this is a, a, a new venture for you and I. We're going to jump into this, and we thought with your experience and what you've done and kind of my experience in the industry and the years that I've been around, this might be a fun thing for us to try to do together. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. So we call it the Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. How, how did we come up with that name, Ed? Well, it's a metaphor. You know, Rob, I'm the self-proclaimed, self-ordained minister of office moving. Just ask me. I'll tell you how great I am. And you, Rob, you are really, really, really successful in the office moving arena. So just like happy hour at a bar, our listeners are getting two successful office professional, office moving professionals for the price of not one, but for the price of none. It's free. So that's the metaphor. Absolutely. I love it. And, you know, when you think about happy hour as well, you always think about you're going to go relax, have a good time. And we're going to be that as well. We're just going to be kind of loose and relaxed and just kind of fun conversation, kind of talking through some of the things that we see in the marketplace today. Oh, that's great. That'd be about right. Um, that's wonderful. And then I think also we're going to talk on uh, a little bit about, you know, what you've done in the industry, what you have out there that can help uh movers and, and, and relocation companies if they need. But before we, we get into what our topic is for today, why don't we talk a little bit about me and you, and I'll, I'll talk about who I am, and I'll give a little brief description about who you are, if you're okay with that real quick. You good? That would be so great. Thank right. you. So I'm good. As Ed said, I'm Rob Clark. I've been in the industry for a little over 25 years, and I grew up in the moving and storage industry, starting like most movers do when you get into this business, and the household goods part of it. So I worked for a couple of different companies that were affiliated with major van lines and started there for about the first eight years, 10 years of my career. The last 15, 16 years of my career, I switched over to the commercial relocation portion of my career. And that's where I met Ed Katz. And it's been a great relationship with him. Um, So I've done that the last 15 years and really enjoy the commercial side of the business. Um, What we do in our market, we're here in the Houston market, is we've evolved so that we're not just a mover anymore. We are now we try to be that uh, single source solution, that one-stop shop for our clients. So not only do we still provide high-end, high-quality relocation services, but in addition to that, we have a team of employees that we can provide uh, space planning and design. We can provide all your IT-related services, whether it be data center relocations, whether it be um, security, door access, audiovisual, things like that. But we also do furniture. We also do project management. So we try to put everything under one roof for our clients, and that's where I'm at today and what I'm doing right now. Now on to Mr. Ed Katz, who has been in the business for many, many years. But back in 1976... Forever! (laughs) 1976 in Atlanta, Georgia, he bought a company called Peachtree Movers and had that uh, relocation company for 24 years, sold it in 2000. When he sold it, he was doing, in the commercial relocation market, in that market, over $4 million of revenue a year. 
and uh, was very, very successful at doing that. Ed retired, got out of being an owner of a moving company. But, you know, if you know Ed, he can't sit still. He had to find something to do to keep him busy, and he did just that. He created uh, IOMI, the International Office Moving Institute, and has been uh, very, very successful in this program, teaching other movers all the lessons, uh, lessons meaning failures that he's had and learned from, and all the successes as well. And he's, he's had quite a few, I would say more successes than failures. But, you know, as we all know in business, failures are where we learn so much. So uh, he's taken that great knowledge and has put it together in a package that allows him to share that with other movers who want to take part in it. And it's just a wonderful program. I can tell you that I've taken it, uh, I think, five times, Ed, something five like that. Times. One of my so, best students. That Always is, an A+. Plus. Yeah, that is Mr. Ed Katz and, and a little bit of his history. And you'll learn more about both of us as we go through our, uh, our podcasts and start to talk about things because you'll hear things come up and you'll get a little bit more about us. So how did I do, Ed? You did great. Two little changes or additions. I founded, I started Peachtree Movers back in 1976. I didn't buy it. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing, believe me, when I jumped into the office moving arena, into the moving industry. And I think my claim to fame, my real claim to fame is this. I have made every mistake known to man you could possibly make in running a moving company. But my claim to fame is I've made each mistake only one time. And then whenever I had a crisis, a disaster, something terrible happened, I'd ask myself after the fact, after I figured out what to do, what can I do to prevent the same problem from becoming a crisis again? Not to eliminate the problem, but instead, once it was identified, what steps could we take to prevent it from imploding, from blowing up? And uh, that's my life. That's the, I established procedures and policies to minimize all those issues that, that we have every day in our daily lives in the moving industry. And I've been in the industry now more than 40 years. Back to you, Rob. So you have a little experience, fair to say. I have a lot of experience. I'm very old. <laughs> the other thing I want to mention is uh, you're an author as well. You've, how many books have you written? My fourth book, which is my most successful book, uh, came out uh, last year. And I've had uh, four books. One, The first one was called Commercial Relocation, which won the Best Book of the Year Award by IFMA back in 1999, would you believe? Oh, that's awesome. So Sorry. a published author as well. Yes. <laughs> well, our topic today, Ed, what are, what are we talking about today? And each week we do this, we'll, we'll have a different topic that we're kind of addressing in the marketplace, or not in the marketplace, but in an industry. And uh, it should kind of go along to all the markets. You know, it should apply everywhere, but uh, um, it might be a little bit different, but we think it should for the most part, apply everywhere. Our topic today? Yeah, well, our topic today is what's it like being an office mover during COVID-19? What is it like? And, you know, Rob, what types of challenges are you facing today as an O&I salesperson well, in you Houston? Know, yeah, the, bi the biggest challenge for us in this market, and I'm sure, like I said, it's the same everywhere, is being able to find business. Um, because with COVID, you know, most of our clients, 90% um, of them, come from an office building, an office space. And because so many of them are not in that space and they have their staffs working remotely, it's made it very, very difficult to find business in that, you know, in that, that realm still. So we've had to try to get creative to 
find other ways to generate business, uh, pivot, and maybe try to do some things that are outside our, our sandbox, so to speak, but still being able to provide a service uh, to our clients. And that, that's what we've had to do. Um, in addition to just finding the business, the, one of the hardest things to do is making sure that when we do get that opportunity to service a client, that we do it in a very safe way. You know, when we talk about safety as a mover, you know, we usually talk about with the client, making sure, you know, number of people who can be on site when we're providing services, making sure that we have exclusive use of the elevator, making sure that we have a proper equipment at the dock. Do we need a dock plate? Things like that. Uh, how we handle furniture, you know, all those safety type of things to make sure people, assets, buildings, things like that are safe. Now we have to add to that um, some level of you know, I don't want to call it medical, Ed, but making sure we take the necessary precautions to keep our people safe from COVID. And, and not only just our people, but making sure when they go out into an environment where we're going to have one or two staff members from that company, making sure that we've done our best to create an environment where there's a minimal risk of anything, you know, being contagious going around from our staff. You know, we live, whether we like it, accept it or not, we live in a litigious society. We sue everybody for everything. And moving companies today are very vulnerable to being contingently liable if they send their crew members out without the safeguards and get accused of or blamed for spreading COVID-19 to the company contacts of, of the shipper. You're moving. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we do, and Ed, I don't think I've found anybody else in our market that's doing it in the relocation business uh, or for any business for that matter. Um, we have a doctor that comes out to our office every Monday morning at nine o'clock and we do that rapid test every Monday for all of our office staff and all of our field staff just to ensure that, you know, things aren't changing within our organization amongst our people. And if it is, then we, we send out a, a, a notification right away. And uh, I'm not going to lie, we've had a couple of guys come up and had tested positive, and we had to take the necessary precautions, but we got out in front of it. We were able to kind of trace where he'd been, what crews he'd worked on, isolated the other crew members so they didn't work for a few days, and, and then got them tested again to make sure they didn't become positive. And so those are things that, you know, one of the biggest things we're doing to make sure that we keep our, not only our staff and minimize, you know, how much it might get through our organization if somebody came up positive, but also making sure that we don't pass it on to our, our, our clients when we go out in the field. That's amazing. You know, I'm all about differentiating your service and yourself in the marketplace. I have already shared what you do every Monday morning to a lot of my clients. They're in awe. They can't believe it. They yeah. wish they could afford to do it, but it's a great differentiator and it's, it really does go a long way in minimizing the risk of contaminating your fellow crew members and your clients, employees. Well, and, and we look at it this way. We, we, we think, you know, one, it, it just keeps everybody safe. And obviously that's the most important thing is to keep people safe. But we also know that um, we're not a, a, a relocation company in this market in Houston that we tell our clients we're the least expensive. Ed, you, you know that, right? You never try to be the least expensive. Nope. Um, and that's something that we tell our clients that we do, and they see the value in that. It gives them a sense of comfort to know that anybody who comes out from our organization has went through that on a weekly basis. It just, you know, kind of lets you let your breath out a little bit and go, okay, I'm going to be all right. So once you get past the doctor exam and you all pass, are companies still moving in Houston? They are, believe it or not. Um, 
obviously not to the scale we would like, but you know, when we can get those opportunities, we, sh we sure do. Um, when we go out and see a customer, we are doing everything still on site, Ed. So as far as the surveys, the walkthroughs, um, we're not doing anything through uh, Zoom or anything like that where you're walking around. I have heard from my counterparts in the, uh, the house of goods side of the business that they're doing almost exclusively kind of a, a Zoom type meeting when they walk through the house. But we're still doing everything on site. I think that's the best way to do it to make sure we capture everything that needs to be done, really understanding the scope of the services we're going to provide for that client and making sure we give a good firm cost for the services we're going to do. So, yeah. So with your comprehensive approach, you can go in when you do a survey and offer all these additional services. Like just for example, if you are doing a reconfiguration and they have systems furniture and they have panels that are four feet high, I understand that your company can say, look, uh, do you wanna minimize the risk of exposure and contamination? We have some sort of device that clamps on you. I think you told me that makes the panels a foot or two higher so that the employees can still work in their individual workstations and stand up and not worry about breathing across or over yeah. the panel into the next cubicle. Yeah. Not, not only, you know, the device that you're, you're talking about, uh, which is just a piece of plexiglass that uh, some, and I got to give credit to, to furniture manufacturers. Since this all started, you know, back in early March, they have been innovative and they have been responsive in getting some solutions out to corporate clients to still be able to, for those who need to work in, in an office building somewhere, to get them some solutions to make sure they provide a safe environment for their employees. And uh, one of the things is what you're talking about and describing is, you might be in that six foot, you know, radius circle where you're working, but you still don't have the height where you feel like if I just look over, I can see somebody. I still want to have that extra layer of protection. And a lot of different companies, not just one, but multiple companies have come up with plexiglass that attaches to whether it's a two inch panel or a three inch panel that can attach. And in what I've seen available to me here is a 12 inch 12 inch option, a 16 inch option and a 20 inch option. So this can be attached and it gives that extra height and that, that extra layer of protection between people sitting, you know, beside or across from each other. The other thing we're seeing Ed is sometimes we have to go in with our designers and do a complete redesign of their furniture, you know, based how they're sitting on their, their footprint at that location. And that's because they still, want to have that six foot radius between each employee. And a lot of times we can use the furniture and all the parts that exist with it as it stands, reconfigure it, still keep the same head count, but get them to a configuration where they're meeting that six foot diameter between each employee. So it's been really, that's kind of the work we're doing within the office space right now. You know, it's interesting. If we were to ask our listeners what is your brand what is your brand everybody has a different definition of what a brand is but as you were talking i was thinking what you've really done at cdm 360 is you have branded your service and i call and i define branding as you are a source you're uniquely known by your by your clients for solving their worst problems and worst nightmares when i had my moving company we were not a long distance mover but uh, I'll never forget Holiday Inn, which was one of our biggest clients, would call me up 
many, many times and say, Ed, we have a move in Long Island, New York. Can you recommend an office mover? And I, unlike any other mover, would not get a 10% finder's fee. I would say, look, I'll be glad to recommend somebody. And I would say this to the moving company that I contacted. Here's the deal. You render a great service to my client. I don't want a dime from you, but they're going to tell me how well you perform the service. And if you do a great job, I'll recommend you in the future and get you more business. But if you drop the ball, you'll never hear from us again. So my clients, and I would tell the holiday ends of the world, I'm not getting a finder's fee. I'm not getting a kickback. I'm not getting a commission. Unheard of, right? But in the meantime, I became kind of like a clearinghouse for them, whether it was furniture liquidation, we had furniture, used furniture dealers that would offer cash to movers, bribes, right? finder's fees, and then they would put that in the price or lower from the price of what they were bidding on. I, unlike my competition, told my clients, we don't accept a penny from any service provider that we recommend. I'm recommending them because they're the best service provider. So we branded our service in that regard in that we were uniquely known as solving our customers' worst problems, worst nightmares, and they were loyal to us because they trusted us. You're doing the same thing with all the different services you offer. So now let's look through a different window here, a different perspective. I have many clients all over the United States. They're not diversified like you. They do office moving, but they don't have their own in-house space planners. They don't have the access to the furniture dealers. They don't have the project management. They do physical, local office moves. Let's think this thing through. And I don't mean to throw you a hot potato. Not at all. Go right ahead. But let's pretend you work for them and they don't have these in-house services. So let's think, how could they brand their service? How could they differentiate, differentiate, differentiate themselves in the marketplace and offer more than just a physical move during pandi- the uh, pandemic during COVID-19. Do you have any thoughts? Or, and then I'll jump in if you don't. Okay, I'm not sure I understand where you're going with that because my first response would be to do, you know, to, to find out like we did. The way we got to all the things that we offer now was organically, right? We started the company as relocation company. And the more we would have clients go, you know, well, I wish you offered this service and I wish you offered this service. We said, why don't we? I mean, if the client's asking for it, we should provide it if we have the capability to do that. That's the answer. And the answer is they could outsource it. They don't have to hire a space planner. No, they They can make it so it's not on staff. That's correct. That's right. So they could outsource it. They could be that resource. Develop a relationship with an architectural engineering firm, a space planning firm. Could they do a Google search and find these plexiglass attachments that are attached to the top of the panels, or is that something that you'd have to go through a dealer? What do you think? Uh, there's probably a version available. The, the problem's going to be you're going to have to find an installer to come out and, and, and put it on properly with the clamps and everything. I mean, you might be able, you might have some organizations that say, hey, we have somebody on staff that works in facilities that can get it done for us. They may not. It's just going to be, you know, but if you if you order it through a company like ours, then we're going to send our crews out that can probably install those because we've done it so many times already. The other thing I wanted to touch back on, Ed, when you talk about um, the multiple services services that we offer at our organization, the reason I think that's so important, the reason we started trying to be that single source solution was because 
companies don't typically have a staff that is just, you know, say it's a law firm. They need to get a move done. They assign the responsibility of managing all the components of a move, which is not just the actual move, right? There's a lot of whether they're going to order new furniture, whether they have to get cabling into the building, where are they going to put their drops, what does the audiovisual look like? Are we going to have door access? Do we need security in, in the parking spots or in, in the parking garage and also in the building, down the hallways? Where do we want? All these things, and it's some person who's never done this. And so if they have to now go out and try to call, you know, let's say 30 companies because you got 10 different little things you're responsible for to make this happen, you're going to get three quotes from each vendor. That's a lot of work and stress and trying to go through. If we can solve that by saying we're your solution for all those things, then that becomes a great value to our company. The other reason I think it's very, very important is so many times when you have multiple vendors trying to do a project for a client, they don't talk and things get crossed and things happen before they should or didn't happen when they should have. And then everybody points the finger at the other guy, right? Never my fault, it's his fault. So if we can take control of that project and do it from start to finish, then we can set the scope, set the schedule, make sure all the logistics are, are done properly so it goes as seamlessly as possible. So do you have also uh, systems furniture installers working for you? Yes, sir. Correct. And we're, we're agnostic when it comes to furniture, so we don't represent just one line. We, we try to find the best solution for the client. So based on their needs, we might, uh, we might have two or three different brands that we would put together in a project for them to make sure we meet the needs of what they're looking for. Because sometimes you, you, you look at one line when they're only one line, they go, well, we want this kind of look. Well, that particular line might not offer that, but I might be able to get it from another manufacturer. Right. Again, I want to go back to the smaller mover. Yes. not your company. And again, they could outsource this and they could put a project manager in charge, whether from within, from their company, right? Or maybe from the, maybe the, maybe the modular furniture company or maybe the furniture dealer, but somebody needs to be in control, be that facilitator. That would be my first bit of advice would be to hire somebody who could be that project manager that understands how the logistics of all these different things need to work together to make sure it, it goes, like I said earlier, as soon, seamlessly as possible. I'll never forget this. That's just so important. When we would do systems furniture moves, we didn't do, let's say there's 40 workstations with case good offices around the perimeter, window offices, okay? And we would ask the modular company, we would, we would move, let's say they would do the disassembly knockdown starting at noon on Friday. And by six o'clock Friday evening, they had 40 workstations knocked down and we moved over the product Friday night. And then Saturday, we did not move any chairs, any crates, any cartons, anything into where they were assembling and building the modular furniture. But since we didn't cross paths, we could move in the case goods into the individual offices around the perimeter. And I'll never forget this. I learned from that terrible school of hard knocks, but I would ask the systems furniture company, the one that did the disassembly and reassembly and reconfiguration, when on Sunday can we backfill? When can we come in with the crates, the chairs, the two drawer lateral files, cabinets we're gonna slide underneath 
the work surfaces that you've built and with the electronics, the computers. When? What time? And I would always hear something like, well, we should be done by uh, noon on Sunday. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I say this in front of my client, of course. <laughs> the word should cannot be in our vocabulary because if we show up with the contents that's going into the now built 40 workstations and you're still assembling them, who's going to pay the cost of our standing around with our hands in our pocket waiting for you to finish so we can start backfilling into the built stations? Well, we can't pay that. Well, then what time unequivocally can we move in with your being off the floor? Well, if you want to put it that way, don't come till 2.30. I said that 2.30 it is. <laughs> that's exactly my right. whole point. And that's the point we're bringing up right now. If you don't know these answers to these questions, you lose control. And then, of course, your job would take longer if they're not finished. You're standing around with your hands in your pocket. And the modular furniture company points their finger at the mover. It's always, we're always guilty until proven innocent. We're always the fall guy. It's their fault. Why, why were they there so early? They, they were disrupting us. You know, these little nuances, but you need somebody that knows the big picture to control everything. And that would be a project manager, hopefully somebody that works for you. And, and you, you picked up on a, on a good thing. And it's just experience. And, and I think a lot of us have it now. And, you know, but you picked up on the word should. And that's what triggered you to go, well, well, hold on a second. Should doesn't work because, you know, a lot of people might have just said, okay, good. We'll be here tomorrow at whatever time it was, 11 a.m. And then they show up and then the furniture guy's going to go, well, I told you we should, but we'll be another two hours, you know. And that's where hiccups and issues and things like that start to fall. So it's being able to catch those little things, nail people down, and, you know, anytime you can, get it in writing, right? Oh, boy, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say get it in writing. And I hope before you go out and do a job, you get in writing your minimize the risk of COVID-19 contamination. I hope you get that in writing and signed by the customer that they're not going to have a lot of people there. They're going to stay, keep their social distance from your movers, that they're going to wear masks. You know, I go into so many stores here in Mississippi, and I don't want to say this is Mississippi. I think it's everywhere. I'll be honest, I go into Home Depot, and when the people in the local Home Depot store talk to us, they pull their masks down <laughs> below their mouth and talk. And I say, hey, I'm 75 years old. I'm, I got a marker against me. You're young. <laughs> Put your mask back up or I get back. But little things like that are serious when you're my age and you know that, you know, we get we get COVID-19, our chances of becoming room temperature are great. <laughs> I like how you said that. But but I also agree, Ed, that uh, one of the things that we, you touched on, you want to watch who are in the space and in the building with you at the time you're providing your services. Right. Um, right. We used to always be mindful of that for the main reason of we've calculated us having access to that space exclusively so that we can move at a pace that we know we can to get the job done, you know, under budget and on time for our client. And now we're not just looking at that. We're looking at how many people are in the space from a COVID standpoint. So I've had a couple of relocations during this time period, and I've had to stop the project, 
remind the client that we had that conversation that when we provided our services, no other vendors could be out doing anything, whether it's just one guy checking connections and not, didn't matter. That's, that's breaking our protocol that we agreed to. And they had to ask those vendors to leave and come back. But that just ensures us creating that safe environment for us. And as, you know, sometimes like children, they don't know what's best for them. We did the same thing for our client, right? We created a better environment for them as well. If we were moving crates, would you wipe them down with some sort of cleaning agent after you left them inside the space? Or that's the responsibility of the client during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm never going to take the word of the client that they did something we asked them to do, right? So I'm going to do it myself. Our staff wipes down the crates every time we bring them back to our warehouse. Right. But how about when you leave them at the destination after you did the move? Is it the client's responsibility to clean them before they touch them or what? If they, we let them know that we've cleaned them, they've been sanitized. But if they want to do it again, just prior to touching, they're happy to do that. That would be on them. We don't do that on site for them. So that's an extra line item service you offer and you render. Sure, because if they want it for their convenience, their peace of mind, then that's a service they're going to have to pay for. Good for you. We'll absolutely do it. We'll do anything they want that we can. So we're giving, we are giving our clients, our our listeners, anyhow, I'm saying clients, not your clients, my clients and people listening, some extra ways of differentiating themselves in the marketplace. They can maybe outsource doing something to the panels. Making, making them higher. I guess maybe in the conference room, say, maybe you ought to space everybody every six feet. I know when I go, here I am, my age is going to show. When I go to the doctor's office, they have two chairs facing the wall and the other chairs facing out so that every six feet, you got somebody sitting in the waiting room. But you could do something like that in a conference room. You could space people in a, in a you know 12 foot long conference room table. You could turn the chairs for them. I mean, do these little things that would help them so when their employees do come to work on a rotating basis or whatever they're doing, they're not sitting next to each other. Absolutely. Um, But the other thing I think, Ed, in just trying to, you know, close the business, I think in the market that we're in right now, in the the environment that we're in right now, uh, to your point, come up with a, uh, a set of things, some steps that you can do prior to your crew being dispatched on site when you're working on site making sure that you all of your staff should be in a mask but maybe also making sure everybody has on you know gloves uh, that they're wearing their gloves that they're wiping their feet and protecting their footwear because it's been said that uh, through science that it can be you know covid can come in through carpet and other things and feet so we try to put down the towels and put the the, the bleach on there and wipe your feet and do all that to make sure that the guys are, and then leaving the space, cleaning your trucks, just let them know all the things that you've implemented as a company to ensure that you're protect, you're, you're doing your best to protect the environment that your guys are working in and the services that you're going to provide to them in their environment. And, and of course, if, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, <clears throat> you know, it changes every other day, but there's the jury is still out on wearing gloves because gloves are non-porous. And that can cross-contaminate. So then the latest and the greatest from the CDC is that you don't wear gloves, but you go into the bathroom every half hour and thoroughly wash your hands at least for 20 seconds. And But who knows? Well, you know I mean, what we do, Ed? We, we have portable hand sanitizer dispensers that we wow. can put on the truck and take with us. 
so that every 30 minutes or so in and out of the, the building or out of the truck, we put a couple inside, outside. You can just go by, get a little, and just make sure you're continuously keeping your, your – now, they might get dried out and raw with all that sanitizer throughout the right, day. Right. But it's just a, a thing that we offer and uh, make sure that our guys have that to them to, to be a safe – again, it's all about safety. Great, Great idea. Rob, I have thoroughly enjoyed our first ever podcast – I have too, Ed. This has been a lot of fun. I look to I look forward to a bunch more. Me too. Thanks. <laughs> so, well, thank you to everyone who joined on this episode of Commercial Relocation Happy Hour. And we look forward to having you guys join us on a weekly basis and listen to all the topics and the discussion Ed and I will have. Until our next episode, go sell another move.